This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. this is head coach of the tampa bay vipers mark tressman and this is the XFL show. Welcome, football fans. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The NFL is kicking off this week, and some of our favorite XFL ballers are playing this fall. Who made what rosters, and what should we expect? It's episode 135, and we're talking. We're a spring football podcast, Brian, but we're talking some fall guys today, man. Here we go. Football's here. Football's here. Your fall guys, not typical, I guess, fall guy fashion when you talk about putting the blame on someone, but this is uh, those guys we saw in the spring that we cheered so hard for now playing some football in the fall. And we're going to go over all those names that made 53-man rosters in the NFL, players who formerly were XFL players, and then there were some practice squatters we're going to talk about, and of course the notable cuts that'll all be coming up, plus our expectations for what we're going to watch this fall football-wise as XFL fans, more of that, plus we're going to hear from one of your calls in the XFL fan line, and we're going to have a good time here in a, in a good, crisp football talking podcast, Brian. It's good to be back on video again. Thanks to everybody for following us, subscribing on YouTube to the channel. Get those notifications dinged whenever we got an episode coming out, which are coming out what now, Brian? Friday, I have to have this out by? Every single Friday morning on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Yes, at XFL Show on Twitter. And yes, as you heard, we are a production of Pretty Easy Podcasts. You can start your own podcast by going to prettyeasypodcasts.com now. Go to the contact us section and uh, getting started that way. You get your own producer and everything and sound great at a very low rate. All right, Bryant, we got uh, some dinking and dunking action to go around here, as well as that XFL fan line. We got a call with an interesting question. 724-565-4XFL is that number. But uh, what about Sam Schwartzstein on the Andy Staples show? Bryant, close personal, longtime, dear good friend of the show. Uh, was on the Andy Staples show talking some football, and he said something interesting about his ideas going into the season, one that didn't come to fruition, but to dwell on it is pretty a pretty interesting topic. 
Yeah, because I think it relates to what possibly could happen uh, in a future season of the XFL. So I think uh, him exploring this was actually kind of a little bit before his time or before our time. How do you say that? Before. I'd say before the XFL's time, before before the bubble time, before bubble time too in, in modern sports, what's going on right now is a bubble idea, basically. Uh, Sam Schwartzstein's initial pitch, he said on the Andy Staples show, if you caught it, um, I caught it on Reddit, thanks to whoever reposted that. I missed that show, but I listened to that clip. Pretty cool. Said uh, his initial idea was to have teams with team names and everything representing their cities maybe, but playing in the same location. Uh, that would have put less of a burden on the XFL to fill seats, uh, according to Sam Schwartzstein, but also maybe get people to gravitate towards certain teams, knowing that, okay, this team is there playing in who knows where, Orlando, Texas, but they have that New York in front of their team name. Maybe when they do go to move into city stadiums, um, people will have already built a love for that team. It was an idea he said he, he thought of, he floated out there, but basically the main thing was the bubble concept xfl again innovating they, they were ready to do that way back when and they already did we were down there for the training camp right they did it for uh, for a few things right they did it for a training camp and and, and it worked but i think to sam's point it, it, i think his decision or his idea was more financially driven more than anything else it really wasn't something that uh i think on paper might have even worked if you're trying to involve markets and try to get them excited. I don't know if I could get excited for an LA team that wasn't playing in LA. Yeah, but yeah, actually speaking, it makes total sense. Just I don't know about being a, as a fan, how excited could I actually be to see my team playing in Orlando? Yeah. So what I took from this was okay. Love the thing, the thought of the bubble idea, but then in terms of generating fans in certain cities, interest, and, and maybe one day using that and putting them into different towns. I don't know how that would have worked. At the end of it, I'm glad that. The XFL went the route of some of the more smaller venues, uh, some of the more, uh, well, the the passionate places like like Seattle getting a team and, of course, St. Louis, like targeting those areas, I think, is a much what happened was a better idea than what a bubble might have been. But for the next version of the XFL bubble might be the only way to go and it also might be even with the option of playing in stadiums as the chiefs and texans are kicking off with some fans in the stands in kc bryant while we're live on tape way more fans in kansas city yeah yeah wildcats got a bigger crowd um but you know if this becomes the norm where more fans are going to be filtered in and it'll be safer the xfl might go back to what was you know, the situation, but a bubble situation as of this moment, I said, if you're planning it would probably be the way to go. Maybe pick Sam Schwartzstein's brain a little bit on that. Cause he had the initial idea on just that pick his brain on a lot of stuff. Well, everything. Remember, the guy was, we're about to watch it. Alan, we're about to watch the opening touchback of, of the NFL yep. season here. Yeah. And I love also, he said, he said, out a, he said out a tweet just now before the game kicked off. Didn't he? We got to get him on the show. Yeah, he for said sure. something, a tweet at him. Uh, if, if there's a touchback or an injury on a kickoff, because the XFL had 90% uh, returns <laughs> and no injuries. That's true. true. That's all facts. All facts right there from Sam Schwar- Sam Schwartzstein. Check out that interview he did on the Andy Staples show. We're definitely going to try to get him as one of our first uh, guests back on the show. Because that guy was one of the, again, one of multiple people that were hired that were the perfect place for the perfect time in terms of building up the XFL. All the rules, innovations, and ideas he had. Very, very smart man and great football mind. 
Sam Schwartzstein, friend of the show, and uh, really interesting thoughts and re- revelations there he had on his ideas as the XFL 2020 was being put together. Bryant, we need to go to the XFL fan line, though, because we have someone call in who asked a question about another league I'm fond of, the CFL, and uh, a proposal they had, if you're ready to hear that. I, I like the second part of this, so I think I'm ready for it. First, let's let's do it. It's the XFL fan line. Standard text messaging rate supply, but you could always call it toll free, twenty four seven, three six sixty five, really anytime, and leave a message just like this one from Argo seven two four five six five four XFL. Hey guys, first time caller. I just wanted to say that I'm a fan of your show. Um, I'm also a fan of the Wildcats. I know there's talks and. Uh, possible proposal of the team moving to San Diego, which I think will be a, a big mistake, honestly. Um, just like it was said on the last show, you can't judge uh, the, the profit and the, the progression of a team by just five games. Also, like Allen, I'm a huge CFL fan. I'm a, the biggest Argo fan in Southern California, and I'm bummed that there will, there will be no season this year. Um, what are the thoughts that there could be a possible XFL, CFL, um, I don't know, exhibition or merge. What do you guys think of that type of possibility? Thanks. Uh, he didn't leave his name there, Brian. So I'm going to call. Gonna him, say, I'm going to call name? him. I'm going to call him Argo because he's the biggest Argos fan in SoCal. How about Largo? Largo? L A Argo. Oh, I like that. Largo, Largo, the Argo fan in L A. Or in SoCal. Uh, so, yeah, my heart uh, is breaking for no CFL. I mean, just because, Brian, if you watched, if you had the time, if you had the dedication to just dip that toe in and then maybe another toe and then go full, you would fall in love with the CFL too. It's a very fun league. The people who follow the CFL and love it are also very fun. People like Argo, Largo, excuse me. Largo. And, uh, and, and it not happening is heartbreaking. But his idea there, a merge, a merger, or some kind of exhibition, maybe I would be all for. I mean, we see that across, you know, soccer. We see like the MLS All Stars against a European club type deal. Uh, pro wrestling's done it many times with different promotions having events together. But with the CFL and the XFL, a way they could do it, I would love to see it. Is Pretty much an all-star showdown is what I would like to see. You take them from both leagues. Or if in a non-season situation, maybe a preseason situation for both leagues, if the CFL comes back and when the XFL does, a preseason, maybe an exhibition type deal. But I would definitely like to see some sort of competition between them. I don't know about a full-on merger where the leagues are basically talking AFL NFL style. I don't think I would be for that. The CFL's got way too much of a history to take an influx or take a bunch of teams from uh the United States. That is a Canadian league and those are different rules. But I'd like to see maybe a two a home and home, a home and home CFL rules, XFL rules in one and like the off season when all things get settled and the leagues are back. I'd love it. You can't have a uh, exhibition game with two teams with two different rules. Like the, 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 you can't do that. A home like, and home. That's what a home no, and home is for. No, no, it's horrible. Look, I get it. I, I think we even talked about this probably one sometime in 2019, maybe even 2018, if this was a possibility. 
I, I don't know. You can't have an exhibition game in a full contact sport like football. Especially, what if it's like an all-star game for one and then like a, a, a proof of something for another? Like the, you're going to get these one team not trying, one team really trying a lot harder than the other. What if one team looks horrible compared to the other one? Then does that devalue your league completely? Like, this is too many risks. No way. Well, what, what, what if like the, the something's on the line though? Games. What if there's like a, what if it's like a, a big bonus for everybody who on the winning team? What about that? League pride on the line and plus money pride. and a trophy like Paul Bunyan's axe in college football like with Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like, no one cares. At the I end mean, of the day, no one actually cares. That, at the end of the day, it, it would be a great thing to promote and I think an ex- excellent televised event. And I would, I'm with Largo on that, but not like a full on merger. Don't think that would work. Like we said, two different sets of rules, but great call. Thanks to Largo. The Argo fan in SoCal for calling in 724-565-4XFL. Again, that number wide open for you to leave a voicemail on, get on the show, ask a question, leave a comment, and of course, send a text message too as well. Uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. We got some cuts. We've got some roster spots that were filled. XFLers in the NFL, Bryant, the main course of today's uh, episode. We're going to have a very, very interesting question to ask each other. And the hot read coming up. But if you're ready for the cover, too, we got some names to go through. Yeah. I've been waiting for this since freaking spring, dude. <laughs> let's, let's let's rock. Here it is. This week's cover, too. Fumble the snap. Walker picks it up. Now trying to turn something out of nothing and eat in the end zone for the most unlikely of touchdowns. Off the fumbled snap, P.J. Walker picks it up and runs into the end zone for another roughnecks touchdown. P.J. Walker. Put in P.J. You probably can't read my sign back there, but I put it up, Bryant. Put in P.J. He's a Carolina Panther. He was pretty much the XFL MVP for all intents and purposes. He landed on the Carolina Panthers. He'll be Teddy Bridgewater's backup. Some of the biggest news going into this NFL season for an XFL fan right there. And, of course, he is playing for his old college coach at Temple, Matt Rule, there. That, uh... I mean, that's that's I think we all expected him to to really, you know, push for that backup role, even maybe even a starting role. But uh, when he got there, I, I didn't think any of us thought that he wasn't going to make this team. And, and P.J. Walker uh, was above and beyond the best quarterback in the XFL in the spring. So I think to see this kind of the way we saw uh, Tommy Maddox in 2001 kind of be the best quarterback in the game during, during the season. Oh, I'm just shoes. saying how we saw a, a QB who was the best overall yeah. QB in the league. How is he not going to get a job? PJ Walker better than more than half of the backups. I'm sure in the NFL currently. Oh yeah. Just by looking at him. So I would say so. I would love him to, I wish he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. I was telling during a fan, family fantasy draft last night saying, man, I wish we had PJ Walker guys. And he goes, ah, get out of here. Probably, a lot of them didn't follow the XFL obviously as much as I did, but Man, he's an impressive player. I can't wait to see him get in there. We're going to talk about PJ and all the players that made the cut on the NFL teams from the XFL. Will PJ be the next Tommy Maddox? He has the opportunity. He can't make it. Let's go kick it. Absolutely. But let's talk about the notable cuts real quick. From those Carolina Panthers, PJ Walker's favorite target is a roughneck. Cam Phillips, leader in touchdowns in the XFL, cut by the Carolina Panthers. 
did not land on a practice squad either yet. Obviously, this is a crazy NFL season, so a lot of movement can happen. More opportunities can spring up, but we've been talking about him. He was brought in late, later to camp, did not make the cut. He was waived along with Savon Walker with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the leader in sacks in the XFL, uh, did not make the cut on the 53-man or the practice squad for the Steelers. And then Bryant, two of your favorite players, wide receiver DeMornay Pearson L., the St. Louis Battlehawk receiver, was the in camp. The best L to ever play football, by the way. Shut your mouth. Ra- Antoine Randall L. forever. But Pearson L., very good in the XFL, did not make the cut for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then a kicker who never missed anything in the XFL, Austin McGinnis, was with the Rams and did not make the cut. How hyped would you have been if your Rams had an XFL <laughs> kicker? I'm like, I know that guy. I know him. Uh, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. A couple of players, right? Ken Phillips, we'll start with him, our offensive player of the year, if you remember back when, when we did our uh, rankings of players. And it was a surprise to me that he did, it took so long for him to get on a roster. I guess maybe people thought that it was more PJ than Cam. There was one bad game by Cam. I remember, um, uh, I think it was week three. Maybe it was week four. So I guess it didn't, I expect him to land somewhere throughout the season. It's a long season, a lot of spots. I, I think he'll, he'll eventually land. You don't really have too many wide receivers uh, on a practice squad. But uh, And personnel, I think the same thing. You know, he, he had the same problems with the AF. He had, he was on a team, then he came off. He was on. Uh, he'll, he'll land somewhere, I'm sure. Or maybe he's a spring football kind of guy. Who knows? And Walker Allen. I really thought he had a chance. I thought he was going to make it with your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm surprised he didn't make it to the practice squad. Maybe he's maybe he, I don't know. I what have to say, yeah, that was the biggest surprise to me of all the co- – I mean, really, as my blunt uncle told me yesterday, come on, Al, come on. He was an XFL guy. He had an uphill battle. There was no way he was making this team with all the firepower on the Steeler defense. And part of that I understand, but also, like, Steelers, that is a, a, a position of need for them, one that they're kind of not grasping at straws for, but experimenting with different guys. So Walker comes into camp early. He was brought in by the Steelers early uh, to go through camp and and just didn't make that cut. So, I, I mean, obviously – one thing I didn't get to go to Latrobe this year and even watch any of camp to see how he would have been uh, going up against Marquise Pouncey in the Steelers offensive line, but uh, no preseason games. Also, in a year where the XFL sent guys to NFL training camps, there was no preseason, Bryant, which was really when we were talking about it before all hell broke loose and the football world and the world at large just totally changed. This preseason was going to be gigantic for these XFL players looking for their NFL uh, spots. But I have to attribute no preseason to some of these guys like Savon Walker not making the cut. Um, but, yeah, that's that's one of the major – Live major, game uh, action yeah, with these major players, right? Not training bummers. camps, not practices, games where they can actually be seen, uh, things like that, that that coaches are really looking for. That's what got them these jobs in the first place was actual game action, you know, and then you cannot see that game action in front of you in preseason or, or wherever. It's going to hurt them. So uh, a bad year for XFL in terms of trying to get players on NFL rosters because you had that half season and you didn't have a preseason really where XFL stars can try to shine as much as possible. Didn't happen. Maybe not the best, but to see as many players as we do on practice squads, on actual active rosters, to think about all the challenges that they've had in front of them, it's actually kind of a positive. 
Yeah, very hopeful with all the different rules, too, like we've talked about in the NFL with practice squads. So that's one positive. So, And these guys aren't on those right now, so that's one thing to keep an eye on is what other guys get the call. Um, if anything, let's hope the XFL gives them another opportunity if they don't get the opportunity they were looking for in the NFL. Let's go now to part two of the cover two, though. The actual fall guys. The guys who made the cut. And these guys include P.J. Walker, 53-man roster spots. They include tight end Colin Thompson with the Carolina Panthers as well. He was with the Tampa Bay Vipers in the XFL. Your good personal longtime close friend, former L.A. Wildcat tackle, Storm Norton, makes the L.A. Chargers. Alan, real quick, because I know you're going to continue on with this list. Uh, how many people can say they've had dinner with a current NFL player? Uh, very few. I've had dinner with um, Storm Norton. You and I have. Uh, we've actually had dinner, I think, with other NFL. Eben Britton, close person, a long time. Oh, no, friend. current. I'm sorry. Oh, current current NFL player, yeah. What's with us only eating with tackles? I guess that's... <laughs> I mean, I played offensive line. You didn't. So that's, that's AP genius tackles, too, by the way. Yes. So it's really smart guys that play tackle. We love having dinner with those type of dudes. But Storm Norton makes the charters. And The Rock even tweeted out about Storm Norton, basically saying that's what it's all about. Guys like him getting the opportunity and killing it. Going up against Joey, by God, Bosa in training camp, of all people, to earn his spot. That's how you know Storm Norton earned it with the Chargers. You know it by watching him stumble down the field and just basically, you know, Waterboy style, just tackling every single person and moving on to the next. Uh, man, Pancakes. sweeps also, or anything like that to his side was, like, was great. Who knows? I don't know what happened, but Pep Hamilton's down there as well in L.A. with the Chargers and probably, you know, was already impressed with how Norton wrecked his defense uh, when L.A. played D.C. So um, he probably had... Pep Hamilton backing him up as well, but not like he needed it. Storm Norton just went in there and balled out in training camp, earned his spot. A lot of write-ups on him uh, throughout Charger camp, and uh, great to see one of the guys we really talked about all season long making a roster in the NFL. And then joining him, uh, uh, one of your favorite players, one of my favorite players to watch. Called it. A very special player to watch, and so special. We're going to play one of his highlights right here because it's just so spectacular. Jones. Do you remember this? Rumbles down the sideline. Six foot eight and oh, speed. And speed. His second touchdown. Do I remember this? Sixty-five on that one. Woo! How about the long strider? Donald Parham. More than a long. He's a gazelle. A gazelle. A. Nah, well, you, 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 you put it out as a gazelle. I, th- I think he stumbles a little bit more than he, than he gracefully He's trots down the field. Graceful, but. elegant, <laughs> and just a. Crazy athlete, crazy athlete, and a great target to have if you're any quarterback. All 70 foot two of Donald Parham at tight end, <laughs> joining the LA Chargers. And, uh, you know, if he's get, if he gets in there, Tyrod Taylor, whoever's played quarterback for them, doesn't really need a, to be too accurate because he got a huge catch radius with Donald Parham, which I'm sure helped him. Red, watch one of the things I'm watching. Chargers red zone offense this year. I'm going to be interested to see that. I don't know how often it'll happen, uh, given what, <laughs> yeah. they're, what they're doing there. But yes, well, if it happens, you know, 
I might get the Red Zone channel just for to watch Donald Parham on the on the ready. He's the star of the Red Zone channel, <laughs> Donald Parham. Uh, so those yeah, are the we all expected are, him, right? Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. And those are the four the four guys that made fifty three man rosters. Those are the fall guys that are on rosters right away. Will be available to play this weekend. All four four guys, two teams: Carolina and the Chargers. And then there are practice squatters. And these are guys that are available in, in the NFL season. Remember, we talked about this last week. In the NFL, the rules have changed, so you can bring up more practice squatters without losing their practice squad status t- twice a year for each guy, and they can remain on the practice squad and still play in live games. And we have a number of very, very big XFL names here that are on practice squads in the NFL. We'll see what kind of opportunity they get on a Sunday in the NFL, but Kenny Robinson first up was with Carolina got waived, but ends up on the practice squad, the former battle Hawk safety, a rookie uh, who, you know, unfortunately did not make the 53 man, but they were making a lot of different moves and was one of the final cuts, but he'll start his NFL career. Bryant on the practice squad. Are you shocked? Uh, what was he a fifth rounder? I think he went in the fifth round of the draft. Um, Maybe I think that's kind of typically where a fifth rounder lands unless he's outstanding. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him up at some point and actually play a game uh, for the Carolina Panthers at some point. So Kenny Robinson practice squad with Carolina and then Dallas has two XFL players, Savion Smith, the corner who played with the Roughnecks, former Alabama Crimson Tide there. And of course, Antonio Callaway, the receiver for the Tampa Bay Vipers who Brought into the XFL. A lot of controversy over him being brought into the XFL. Um, didn't really make a huge mark in the XFL as a player, but was one of the names that stood out anyways. He'll be with the Dallas Cowboys practice squad along with Savion Smith. And then two players who did play a lot in the XFL and played very well in the XFL. Linebacker Edmund Robinson of the Roughnecks will be an Atlanta Falcon practice squad player along with cornerback Josh Hawkins, who is a Dallas Renegade stud. And they'll both be in the ATL, Bryant. Uh, both those guys were, I mean, they were major factors for their teams. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, you you don't really get the, too much credit uh, in in the public side, but definitely uh, impact players for both those teams. One of them undefeated. Yep, and you know, one in the of XFL. one of them. Now I'm uh my did Cam Phillips? Am I am I wrong? My memory's horrible. Didn't Cam Phillips not have one? Like it was not not a great game against Dallas in the Texas. Texas Wasn't it, was it the, because Josh Hawkins was really all over him all game, and so that he? It might have been that. Yeah, I right. Think it was the Texas throwdown, or, or it was another it was. receiver. Just Hawkins had like a really standout game, shutting someone down. I forget who it was. It might have been Cam Phillips. That's the first one that sprung to my mind. My memory's horrible, um, but. I remember the names and they stand out. I remember watching them in the XFL. Two guys you might not remember because they're offensive linemen and you're biased against them, people, because you're not a nerd like me. ESPN came out with, oh my God, run block stats for offensive linemen this year. I cannot (laughs) wait to read these nerdy articles all season. But I digress. Jerron Jones, a guardian tackle. Anthony Coyle, a guardian guard. Both practice squad players with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you also have one of our play- favorites to watch, a beast, Jacquez Patrick, running back the Tampa Bay Vipers, will be in Cincinnati along with Khalil McKenzie, who was a guard with the Wildcats, Brian. 
Yeah, no, I think Jacquez Patrick, I saw him play live uh, in uh, in L.A. for that great game with L.A. and Tampa. I was mesmerized by what I was seeing with him. Big game, uh, and still- also that was right after his father had passed away. Really emotional game. A standout, for sure. Great player to watch. And then, you know, he's he's in, he's in Cincinnati. So, you know, these teams, if you, you also got to look at the NFL team they're on, if you're on a bad NFL team as a practice squatter, Good on you. You're probably going to get a shot. <laughs> probably. Uh, Michael Dunn, who was a tackle with the Dragons, made it into the Browns practice squad. And a fullback, Johnny Stanton from the Wildcats, made it onto the Browns practice squad. Your face looks like, I don't remember the Wildcats ever playing a fullback. Remember when we expected them to have like three fullbacks? Or run like a full wide? Or some student body left stuff? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I yeah, the Johnny Stan. I, I did he? I'm trying to Norm, remember if he actually like where Norm he played. Norm Chow did not use him too much. Maybe he was more on the special team side, but he made a practice squad. <laughs> awesome for him. And then the last two here, uh, Jordan Tamu is practice squatting in this game right now. Practice squatting means he's not anywhere on the field. Yeah, he's the <laughs> practice squad member for the Chiefs. He made he was waived and brought into the practice squad. Jordan Tamu, the Battle Hawks quarterback. He was one of the ones that was immediately signed when the players became available by the Kansas City Chiefs. Very interesting choice by him to go to Kansas City. Maybe he wanted the uh, the, the the recognition from, or I'm sorry, the 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 mentorism. I think from Mahomes possibly. When, when I think yeah, when I think about about that though, that's one of the big tragedies of no preseason is having. We could have got Jordan Tamu as a chief in the preseason, just seeing him. We could have got like trying to emulate orders from the man. I know we saw a lot of, we would have saw a lot of him. And I mean, everybody would have been like, Oh, they got a mini Mahomes. They would have been saying, cause he had been playing in that Andy Reed offense and probably looking good. Um, last player to make a practice squad here. Long snapper, Nick Moore with the Baltimore Ravens and they're the Baltimore Ravens. So I won't spend any more time talking about him, but congratulations to him for getting into the NFL practice squad. And those are all the <laughs> names of the fall guys, guys in the NFL who played in the XFL, Bryant, and really excited for a bunch of stuff in the NFL this year as an XFL fan. What do you say in this week's Hot Read, we ask some important questions we we need to answer and get ready for as XFL fans with the NFL here, starting right now as we speak. Let's do it, man. I'm excited for this one. Here we go. This week's Hot Read, going to ask you, XFL players in the NFL. Who's going to be successful? So the first part, who's going to be the most successful? This Put in season? PJ. Put in PJ. Put in PJ. Put in PJ. Still need this. I'm trying to light this room better for everybody now that we're back on YouTube and just so dark in here but yeah put in I like PJ. the shadow you're casting on your battle hawks ball by the way i know I, I and if i had a green screen in here it would be just horrible but pj put him in i want to see him play but will he be the most successful xfl player this season brian we just went over 17 names guys who will have the opportunity who do you see being the most successful this season now that might not be a whole lot of success that might end up just being oh the guy played in a game who knows we don't still don't know what kind of playing time these guys will get. But who do you see it being in terms of the most success? Who do I see it being? I have to go. You're going to have to go to SoCal. You're going to have to go to the LA Chargers. And it's got to be between Storm Norin and Parham. Only because, and it's only because, I think they'll play the most out of the players that did make a 53-man roster. Now, we might see some people from the practice squad come up. 
And in that case, you might see one of those kind of surprise ready. But at this moment in time, I just don't see how you don't select either one of those, man. And I think I'm going to go with... Mm, I'm going to go with Storm. My buddy Storm. I think he's going to have the better season of them all. I'm going to I'm gonna go with Storm Norton as well. Uh, for, for the fact that I think... They're going to probably put in some extra protection when they put in their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, maybe with Storm Norton uh, thrown in there on the offensive line. Donald Parham getting targets in that offense uh, might be tough for him. Uh, in terms of P.J. Walker, you're waiting for an injury, right? You're waiting for I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy there. unless Or a struggle. Or, or, or horrible. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Colin Thompson, I mean, just to see – what they do with their tight end in Carolina under Matt Rule, I have no idea how he'll be utilized and uh, wasn't utilized too often, really, with the Vipers. So going based on what we've saw in the XFL, what we know about these four players, at least, I will go Storm Norton as well uh, with this, just this season. And then who knows? I mean, maybe Joe Mixon goes down and Jacquez Patrick gets into the lineup with the Bengals and becomes a pro bowler. You don't know. Stranger things have happened in the NFL. So this season's success, though, the money, if you're Vegas and they had this as a prop bet, I think Storm Norton would probably be the favorite. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, the reps that he's going to get, he, he's going to get plays you know, every game, you have to imagine, even if it's just a, a series break for one of the tackles anyway uh, that, that are on the Chargers. I just feel like he's going to get the most opportunity. Now, if P.J. Walker comes in, and gets a fair shot at, at playing some games. What do I think he can do down there? What do you think he can do for the Carolina Panthers? You know more about the Carolina Panthers than I do at this moment in time. Can he get in there and actually make an impact with the team that's going to be around him? I mean, because PJ has to look good. The team has to look good for PJ to look good. Storm Warren yeah. can look great and maybe, you know, not the team so much. Yeah, I, I think uh, PJ Walker getting into the game means that the Panthers are struggling as a team. But the thing about him is. He is the kind of player who can make some plays that are that could make up for a missed assignment by someone or like we played the highlight earlier, a broken play. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to be, I think, now after the horrible injury, going to be a much more cerebral and statuesque type quarterback um, that they're going to ask to move around a, a little, a lot less than P.J. would if he got in the game. So if P.J. got into the game, I think he would be an immediate burst of energy thinking of what situation would bring him in there. You're struggling or you lost your quarterback due to injury. So, P.J. getting in there, I think, yeah, he would bump up to that favorite. Oh, man, the, the opportunities there. He could be that most successful XFL player, that Tommy Maddox in, in the in the NFL. But then again, uh, he will be thrust into the Carolina Panthers and, you know, the teams that they're playing. They're going to be playing some – they're going to be playing the Saints. They're going to be playing – the new Bucks that everyone's so scared of, and uh, who knows if it's a bounce back here for Atlanta over in the you know in the South. It's the NFL. It's gonna be different for PJ Walker. I don't think he's gonna be able to fumble the ball and grab it, and get in the end zone miraculously. But that guy is a dog when it comes to being a competitor. I really want to see him in there. I want to see him the most of all. But I think it's, if you're betting, Storm Norton's the guy to bet on. If you're rooting for anybody, you got to be rooting for P.J. Walker. Put in P.J. Cordell went down is why Tommy Maddox went in, right? 
Uh, man, I, I think Cordell got benched for Tommy Maddox. As from what I like, I said my memory's horrible, and I remember the Steelers were terrible right before Maddox got in, and then they became <laughs> like a wild card team, and then Ben Roethlisberger came in and saved the the franchise and brought him back to Super Bowls. But Tommy Maddox coming in there for Cordell, if it was an injury or just poor play, similar situation though to what PJ Walker will be facing. It is deja vu all over again when it comes to the XFL MVP, uncrowned this time, going to the NFL into a, a pretty good spot. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want it to be mistaken that we're rooting for injury for anyone for these players to get a chance. I, I love Teddy Bridgewater. What we're doing, awesome player. <laughs> this is a great story, right? Yeah. So I don't think that's the problem. I think we we want these players to succeed. Whatever opportunities they get, we hope that they take advantage of them. Um, I think Storm Norin is going to take advantage of mightily. How he was not already on an NFL roster to begin with, I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to be. I mean, I, I don't know. But now that he is, I expect him to fully make a um, an impact for the Chargers. You know, and you know what, Jordan Tomu might get a crack at it. Who knows? You know, backup goes down or something like that. It just you know, let's put Tomu in. He's our emergency this week instead of who's the backup in Kansas City? Oh, uh, more. It was last year. I'll have to look that up. But, you know, P.J. Walker, Will Greer is also the situation. We didn't bring his name up, and we did have people reach out to us. So you didn't bring up Will Greer when he talked about P.J. Walker going to Carolina. And, I mean, we, do we I guess, saw their depth chart come out for this week, and I guess Will Greer is ahead of P.J. Walker. But when push come to, comes to shove, do you expect Matt Rule to play some – Will Greer or a guy he coached in college? I feel like when that, at the end of it, I think I I, I would bet on PJ Walker getting in ahead of him. But who knows? There are people that know the Panthers better than we do, Bryant. But I would hope if that that was the case in that situation, PJ got the spot over Will Greer. Oh, I mean, I'd hope he would for sure. Whether or not that, that's what they decide to do, I guess that remains to be seen. But still. Uh, I mean, okay, fine. Don't, don't don't burst my bubble. PJ Walker, put him in. Come on. Put That's in PJ Walker. Put just, in PJ. I'm looking it up P-I-P-J. here. So PJ. We're living we're living in 2019. Chad Henney is now the the backup to Patrick Mahomes. And he's the only uh quarterback on the 53 man currently uh, according to the depth chart I'm looking at. So, uh Jordan Tamu might not be too far off. It's always just a couple plays away for someone on a practice squad and one play away from a guy who's a direct backup. Uh, all right, what about in their career? Last question. Of all 17 guys we talked about, who will have the most successful NFL career of these XFLers? Career. Ooh. Career. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a... I didn't even see that one at the very bottom. You snuck that one in on me. wasn't ready to answer this one. Um, I'm gonna go Parham. I think Donald Parham is gonna gonna show to be a, a huge uh, red zone force uh, in the NFL. Yep, that's a, a solid pick. He's got the he youth on his side, kicks, mind you. He just he's got the he's got the, he's got the size. He's got the youth and the unique skill set to make him very successful and coveted as a player in the NFL. If I'm going to bet on someone, though, I think over the course of their career, it is between Donald Parham, and I'm still going to give a chance to Kenny Robinson, who is a great football player and is so young, a rookie on a practice squad. I think once he gets his shot, 
He'll prove himself. He played pro downs in the XFL at a very young age. I'm going to go with Kenny Robinson then, if you're going with Donald Parham. Carolina Panthers practice squad. Yeah, I mean, you know, I fully expect him to get some sort of shot this year at some point during the season. Um, And if he gets in there... At least to play some special teams. Yeah, he can make an impact on a lot of places on that football. Special teams... Um, punts, you know, things like that, or just maybe playing safety. Who knows? He 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 did well. I think he had two interceptions uh, in the N- in the XFL. Uh, Man, a great defense back there. He had Will Hill to learn from, if you remember that, Alan. So uh, Kenny Robinson could definitely have a great career uh, in the NFL. I can see it. I can see it, man. Keep your eyes peeled on those practice squads, like we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Keep your eyes on the the movements from week to week in the NFL because there'll be a lot of that and we might see some XFL names pop up more and more throughout the season when it comes to who's getting shots at 53-man rosters and whatnot. Um, fantasy drafts happened this past week for a lot of people. Brian, I had some. Did you draft anybody that was in the XFL into an NFL fantasy draft? <laughs> I did not. Uh, I didn't actually do fantasy football this year because I, I totally forgot that football was starting, honestly, with everything going on. That's true. A lot of people are. I mean, I... It took doing the this podcast, doing my I do my Hail to Pit podcast as well, getting for college. Get took that doing these shows what actually got me hyped more so than fantasy or reading any articles. <laughs> I am excited for football. It's on right now. We're gonna close up our show here now so I could watch the rest of this game, Brian. But uh, you know, I'm definitely gonna I didn't draft I, I felt bad I didn't draft PJ Walker or Donald Parham. I should have. But I did not. Well, based on the people you're drafting with, Alan, leagues. it seems like those people will be very available they will for a be. while. So yes, based on you know, just just for the simple fact that they played just, in the XFL. Just story. I got <laughs> Russell Wilson, so I should just get get. Why not get PJ as my backup and just yeah. stash him just in case, just in case. Look All at right. bye weeks. You never know. It might it might actually fall in there. Uh, but either way, like Alan said, we are watching the game now because we record on Thursdays for the show to drop every single Friday uh, on your favorite podcast app. That's either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you want to take a look. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. And now you can look at us again. We're back on. Hi. Uh, YouTube.com slash This Is The XFL Show, the official YouTube page of This Is The XFL Show. Yeah, buddy. Football's back. Watch some fall football and get ready for spring football whenever that comes back. We are a spring football podcast, but we'll be keeping our eye throughout the fall on these XFLers in the NFL and probably, you know, have some NFL college discussions as well. Bryant, I'm going to try to get him as pumped up for it as I am. Although I know you see all these people in the stands at the Chiefs game going, oh my goodness, no! What's going on? What's going on right now? We'll see what happens and we'll be talking about it right here. And of course, we're keeping our eye on social media, seeing what The Rock's tweeting, Danny Garcia, and anybody else related to the XFL. We're going to have some guests coming on here real soon to discuss Maybe their time in the XFL and looking forward. So that's all coming up. We're going to be here each and every week for you. So thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube channel, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a review. That helps spread the word about the star. Yes, five stars. Five stars. Even though we're not in the Tokyo Dome, five stars. Five star review on that Apple podcast. 
and get everybody listening to This Is The XFL Show. Tell your friends about it, and let's keep this thing rolling. We're on that new road to kickoff whenever that is, baby. We're here for it, always. You and us. We'll see you next week. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is The XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.